0: In a similar way, Ray's artlessness burned so fiercely it consumed all traces of process. Once in a while we get a writer like this, a comet without a tail, yet whose arrival and impact are undeniable. Anyone who has ever felt befriended by a poem at a crucial moment will recognize the place from which I prefer to regard this lifetime in poetry." For ten years I was Ray's companion and literary collaborator, and finally his wife. I saw the poems in draft and, from fires onward, had the great pleasure of arranging them in books. Because of this I experienced the poems as intimates, sojourners, the sinew of a shared life and this intimacy embraces even those poems written before we met in 1977. Often in revised versions, they form an integral part of the story. Since this book is essentially the tracing of a passage from one shore to another, inception is as important as arrival. I am stricken to the core by an early poem, "Morning Thinking of Empire where a mundane act becomes the chilling image for a marriage's inevitable interior dissolution. I coolly crack the egg of a fine leghorn chicken. The moment seems unsurvivable, the collapse of a shared universe rendered unflinchingly. In the context of the entire poem, we experience it action by action as a series of spiritually irretrievable moments which cut the partners off from each other and obliterate all hope for the regeneration of the marriage. We press our lips to the enameled rim of the cups and know this grease that floats over the coffee will one day stop our hearts. I coolly crack the egg of a fine leghorn chicken. Your eyes film. You turn from me and look across the rooftops at the sea. Even the flies are still. I crack the other egg. Surely we have diminished one another. The word surely here is a cliff and an avalanche, accompanied by the steel-eyed gaze and barely containable assessment of the speaker.' The poems throughout are keenly attentive to life as it is being lived, but from 1979 on they also make retrospective safaris into the jungle of old harms, renegotiated from safer, saner ground. Ray had gradually absorbed some attitudes I held toward time in poetry, for one thing, that it was more than lived time and might therefore enlarge one's spiritual reach. My feeling that all time, past, present, and future, exists within reach at the moment the poem is being written was helpful to him. He allowed himself to re-enter older work with the present moment as definitive and regenerative. From early to late the poems are beautifully clear and this clarity, like the sweet clang of spring water to the mouth, needs no apology. Time spent reading Ray's poems becomes quickly fruitful, for the poems give themselves as easily and unselfconsciously as breath. Who wouldn't be disarmed by poetry which requires so much less of us than it unstintingly gives? I am aware of those honed minds that find Ray's transparency somehow an insult to intelligence. They would have applied an editor like a tourniquet. I might have served as such, had I thought it true to his gift. I didn't. If Ray hadn't given and published in the ample way he did, I believe we would not receive his guileless offering with the same credulity and gratitude.' Certainly poems like My Boat, The Old Days, Woolworth's 1954, My Car, Earwigs, You Don't Know What Love Is, Happiness, and any number of poems I love might have been omitted. Overreach was natural and necessary to him, and to fault him for it would be like spanking a cat for swallowing the goldfish.